Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, depending on where you are in the world. This is Augie of the Blago Blabber podcast. I'd like to welcome everyone to yet another episode, number 57, getting closer to that 100 spot. Um, the last time I was on here, I was <clears throat> discussing Arsenal and the struggles at the time, losing, I think we had lost two in a row, that was before the Southampton game. So it was um, two losses in a row, Crystal Palace and Brighton. And I wasn't very happy, obviously, um, because the team was finally looking like, you know, we're going to make a run for fourth place in the table and have um, Champions League football next season. <clears throat> but that little rope roadblock hurt us. Um, as I said at the time, the Crystal Palace match, I didn't. I didn't think that we were going to get the three points. I thought we would get at least a draw, but uh, a loss wouldn't have surprised me. I think Crystal Palace has played fairly well this season. I think Patrick Vieira has been playing really good football. And if you remember back to uh, the first match at the Emirates, you know, Arsenal barely got, I think Arsenal ended up winning or may have been a draw. I forget now, but you know, it was late. It was like in the 93rd or 94th minute that Arsenal had scored um, turn points, but yeah, it was very difficult. The Brighton game at home, no idea how we lost that. And Southampton was rather embarrassing. But, you know, after losing streak, of course, Arsenal comes back and defeats Chelsea and Manchester United. Um, it's been a weird season. It's been kind of like a season of runs for Arsenal, so to say. I think that start of the season was very bad. And then we went on, I guess, a, a two or th two, two and a half month run of, of really good results and then we hit that roadblock again of those three losses then we you know now we beat Chelsea and Manchester United and we're kind of back in the top four conversation and you know things are kind of looking up but we still don't really know where we're going to end up this season and the question that I have is there another run so we've just we're on a good run now like is there another bad run left in us hopefully not or are we just going to consider continue on this good run and finish off the season and get champions league football i think that's the biggest uh question right now and i'm going to talk about some of the teams that we still have uh left on the schedule the five matches um later on in this podcast um but that's the question kind of right now like is there yet another run in arsenal where we're going to run into bad results Let's hope not, but if it happens to us, don't be surprised because it's been that kind of season. And and the funny thing is, with Arsenal in the in the past, you know, we kind of start off very good, and then, you know, once March April hits, we we hit the wall, and then we don't get Champions League football. That's kind of been the talk talk of the town for the last probably five, six, seven years, right? Arsenal always ends the season bad, so hopefully that doesn't happen this season. And like I said, there's five matches left. I'm going to talk about some of them uh, later on in the podcast. Uh, Eddie and Kedia has been a breath of fresh air uh, since he started getting first team football and starting over at Alexander Lacazette. Uh, the two goals against Chelsea were huge. And he, it's not just the goals, it's, it's that he played pretty well. Um, he offers us something different than Lacazette. He offers a lot more speed. Um, his ability to pressure, uh, like the goalkeepers in the back line, uh, is really good. I think 
one thing that you don't really get with him is is hold up play to the level of like Lacazette's because Lacazette's hold up play is really good, and I don't think you really get that with with um, Eddie and Kedia, which is which is okay. I mean, every striker can't have everything, right? You can't have a can't have pace, or have a good shot, technique, and all this stuff. There, there's always something in your game that's that's missing, and um, for him, you can you can kind of say the hold up play. I think he's going to have a lot of suitors in, in the summer. Uh, we'll see what happens and and where he ends up going. If I were him, I would stay in the Premier League just because you're already familiar with the league, and he will have suitors for sure. I think if West Ham offers him a contract, that that's something that I consider. Uh, any of the kind of upper echelon, like middle of the table to upper table teams. Um, I was going to say Leicester City, but I think Leicester City already has enough um, enough uh, center forwards on their team, so I don't think he's going to go there. Um, but I don't know, maybe like a team like Wolves or, or, or something along the lines of that. Um, I would stay in the Premier League because, like I said, he's already kind of familiar with the league and moving to a new league might not be a bad idea, but if there's already... If you're already familiar with it, um, why go to a different team? Unless, you know, someone like Borussia Dortmund pops up and, and offers him a contract. Which with with um, Holland probably leaving this summer could be possible. Um, we'll have to wait and see. But I think one thing's for certain that his Arsenal chapter is done. And it's like when I look back, he was he was someone I think that that Arsenal had big hopes for. And, you know, Arsenal then signs a little bit before his time, but we get Lacazette and then we get Aubameyang. And those guys have been sta- a staple in Arsenal's team for four or five seasons, right? So now he's, whatever he is, 22, 23 years old. And now he's only going to be playing sparingly because those guys are getting the bulk of the minutes. Rarely were they ever injured. So it's not like you can even say, you know, Lacazette and Aubameyang are out of the lineup. We throw in Eddie and Kedia, which hasn't been the case, right? So there's been some bad luck there as well. Look, he scored goals in some of the in like the FA Cup or or whatever it was. So he has he has the ability to score goals. He just can he do it consistently? He misses a lot of sitters as well. So, uh, which is another thing that I think a lot of teams are gonna you know kind of look at as well when signing him. Um, but he's still t- 22, 23. Like he's he's at the point where. In his career, with where at that age he has to start producing, and you have to see it on a consistent basis for him to be a, an elite player, whatever the case may be, wherever you see him, um, kind of ending up as a, as a footballer. But like that's what it's kind of come to. So, is it is it basically what you see is what you get right now, or is it like too small of a sample size to kind of judge him um, as a, as a center forward in in football? And that's something that we're just gonna have to wait and see when he joins his next club. Um, the Lacazette comments about wanting to leave the club for Champions League football. I'm kind of on the fence about those. I just wanted to briefly talk about that as well. I mean, he's he's out of a contract in the summer. All signs point to him leaving the club. I don't think he wants to come back, which is fine. Um, you're kind of free to say whatever you want, but it it does kind of look unprofessional on his behalf, I think. I don't think I would don't think I'd say that during the season, like if I was, if it was the end of the season and, and I'm pretty much out of a contract and you 
you could say whatever you want because you know now you're now you're opening yourself up to bidders right the teams that are interested are gonna are gonna ask for services and and that's fine you can do that but the thing that i kind of look look at is if you can't start for arsenal a like a kind of like a borderline fourth place team um what makes him think that he can play for a champions league team unless he's going to go to maybe a team you know not of arsenal's stature of like juventus's stature or whatever the case may be if he goes to a leon i don't know what their situation is like but hey maybe he could start there and he's been like he's club legend over there as well he started his career there and played for a very long time for leon before coming to arsenal i think he could start for a team like that but i don't think he's going to go to like an Atletico Madrid or a Juventus and start. I just don't see that happening. Um, and since I'm on Leon, speaking about Leon, I think that's where he should go. And he should just end his career there. Maybe when he turns 33, 34, 35, whatever, he could go to MLS, make some more money. Sure, he'll still be a, a good striker at that point where he can score goals as well. Um, and yeah. Like, I I think he should really go to Lyon. When you look at his career as a whole with Arsenal, like, his goals per per matches, I don't think is that great. Um, and I think he's lucky that Arsenal kind of... There was always room for him on the team, so to say, because Aubameyang was pretty much a starter. And when Aubameyang was scoring goals, we didn't really care what the other striker was doing, right? And Aubameyang was playing on the wing a lot of the time as well. And you could argue that Aubameyang on the wing was scoring more than Lacazette as a center forward, right? So I think he should be, be happy that he stayed at Arsenal for as long as he did, right? And he, was, he wasn't he was asked to pretty much risk anything. Like Aubameyang was pushed to the wing so he can get Lacazette into the team. He was always asked to play center forward. And, you know, no one asked him to kind of shift his role or anything i've I've kind of enjoyed him at the club I, I have nothing against him um but when you take a look at the the goals to matches ratio it's not that great it's nowhere near Aubameyang's and it's also the comments kind of show you how far Arsenal has fallen in the last four or five years since we've had Champions League football right like guys are leaving the club to go uh, elsewhere to to get Champions League football and it's not young players it's like I said who's in his 30s so um, that kind of just shows you how far the club has fallen in the last, I guess, whatever it is, three, four years, five, whatever the case may be. It just kind of shows you. Um, the last five matches. So this is, it's it's such an interesting uh, blend of teams, I guess, if you want to call it that, that we face in the last five. So you have West Ham. Then you have West Ham away, and then you have Leeds at home, Tottenham away, Newcastle away, Everton at home. So when we play West Ham, they have no first-team center backs. They'll have to probably shift players. Wouldn't be surprised if, like, Suchek plays center back or, or Declan Rice or something like that because, you know, they have some suspensions and a bunch of injuries. Plus, they also have... Um, Europa League, right? So they have another thing to worry about. Whereas Arsenal just has the Premier League, pretty much five matches left, and um, that's the season. But West Ham still has 
uh, the Europa League. So I think that's, even though that's a weight, that's going to be a very tricky match regardless. West Ham still has some things to play for in the Premier League. If they can get on a run, they can even push the top four. And honestly, I know it sounds crazy, but the way that the team's fighting for the top four, like Arsenal's, Tottenham's, Manchester United, the way that these teams are dropping points, you know, anything's possible if West Ham gets on a run. It's it pretty much, they're going to have to probably win four or five of their matches left, but you never know. Like I said, with the way that the three teams are dropping points, you just simply never know. You never know. Uh, the Leeds United match at home, I think that has to, not I think, it has to be three points. Uh, they have picked up 10 points in their last four matches. Uh, they got off to a rough start when Jesse March took over after Bielsa had left. And now they're you know starting to pick up some points uh, towards the end of the season. And they're playing a lot better. Obviously, uh, Rafinha, and they have some really good players. So, um, absolutely has to be three points. Then you have Tottenham away. It honestly could decide who finishes fourth. This is how big this match is going to be. So it's a must get. It's a it. I think Arsenal. Not saying they have to win, but they can't lose. So a draw or a win is is huge for Arsenal in this match. So that's on May twelfth, and that's away at Tottenham. Arsenal beat Tottenham earlier in the season. Then you have Newcastle away. Four days later, May sixteenth. So since 2022 started, Newcastle is second in the league table, only behind Liverpool. So they picked up the second most points. They've been tremendous since Eddie Howe took over, since the winter transfer window. They've done great work. They brought in some players to kind of help them stay up and obviously for the future, um, like Bruno and and Trippier and, and Chris Wood and some of these guys, but they're playing extremely well um, when their backs were against the wall and it looked like they were going to go down or at, the, at least that they were in a dogfight. Now they're going to stay up. Now they're slowly going to start build, building for next season when I think I think in the summertime they're just going to throw a lot of money at a lot of players. Um, and for them, you know, it obviously starts with purchasing on players and, and you know, where they kind of go from here and, and the type of players that they can attract but I also think this is why it's very important for Arsenal to get Champions League football this season is because Newcastle is going to be throwing money at, at guys in the summer and it's going to be an, they're going to be another team who is going to be fighting for the top four next season so with the Manchester Cities with the Manchester Uniteds who have a new new manager with the Liverpools with the Chelsea's with the Arsenal's with the Tottenham's you know you add a team like um Obviously, West Ham is still there. You add a team like Newcastle. Wolves are very good. Leicester City can upset. Crystal Palace, I talked a little bit about. Brighton has the ability to upset the big dogs. Like, there's going to be a lot of teams next season, maybe the most in, in the last 15, 20 years, vying for those top four spots. And it's going to be very interesting. So that's why I think it's imperative that we finish fourth. So that way in the summer, we can attract bigger players and then, you know, not just fight for fourth next season fight for second or third or and then eventually get you know to fighting for the uh premier league trophy right so i think that's that's very important 
And that Newcastle match is going to be extremely hard. Again, away, it's going to be very, very difficult. Last match of the season is at home against Everton. So this could, if you had to rank the matches, I think after the Tottenham match, this is the, the second biggest match. Everton could be fighting to stay up and Arsenal could be fighting for Champions League football. Horrible season for Everton. They haven't got it together under Frank Lampard. They're fighting for their lives to stay up after they've spent a lot of money the last three or four seasons in the transfer window. It feels like a ton of their transfers just haven't worked out. They've had some injuries. They've had some bad form. They've had a lot of things happen. But them, you know, kind of bowing out of the, the, the Premier League would be a huge blow to Everton. No more Merseyside Derby unless it happens in like a in like a uh, cup tie. So this this match could be huge. Huge. For both teams, it could seal Arsenal's faith in Champions League and it could either keep Everton up or if they lose, they could possibly go down. So the last five matches, it's kind of like a mixed bag of everything, right? You got a team fighting to stay up and you got three teams kind of fighting for either Champions League or Europa League. So those teams are West Ham, Tottenham, actually just West Ham and Tottenham. Leeds are kind of just chilling in the middle of the table. Same with Newcastle and then Everton fighting to to stay up and the teams that you know kind of aren't playing for anything they're in good form right now so there's no gimmies here there's no Norwich here there's no even Burnley's been a little bit better since uh, Sam Dyche left but you know there's it's a tough run of of games and you're probably going to need something like 12 or 13 points out of those 15 to be to, to, to get Champions League football uh, I think having Tomiyasu back is going to be a big bonus, even though Cedric has played really well for us. I mean, I don't know. Since since Tomiyasu's been out, I don't know if, how many, you know, goals Cedric has been at fault for, but it can't be more than, like, one or two. I don't ever remember hearing his name, you know, saying, oh, you know, Cedric's out of position on that goal or whatever the case may be. So he's done a really good job of filling in. And this is why you need at least good so to say backups this is why this is like the epitome of why you need good um good backups to your starters because in a long season you know english football has another i guess three cups you also have for the teams playing champions league europa league whatever conference league you still have those matches so there's a lot going on and you can't just be 11 to 14, 15 players deep. You have to go 17 to 20 deep. Your backups have to be good backups to where to the point where you can throw them out and not really worry about it. And I think that's been kind of where Arsenal has struggled in the past, especially with um, Karen Tierney's you know, injury history. I think the team has struggled with um, finding him a, a replacement on, on that left flank and it's cost us the last, I would say, at least uh, since he's been here, pretty much. It's really cost us. And, you know, we've gone out and we've signed Nuno Tavares and scored against Manchester United, but he's a real liability on, like, on the defensive end. And, you know, with Tomiyasu coming back, do you maybe shift Cedric to uh, left back and, you know, have Nuno coming off the bench? I think that's something that Mikel Arteta will con- will consider. And I, th- and I think it's something that we have to do because we're now getting down to the nitty-gritty where every little mistake can cost you 
a play in Champions League or a spot in Champions League. And if it needs to be done, it's it's going to, I think it's a smart decision to make. Uh, no feelings hurt, but, you know, if, if you're a liability, it, it's great that he's a, he's a good player going forward, but if you're a liability on the defensive end, and, you know, I have huge matches coming up where I can possibly clinch Champions League, I'm going to go with a guy who's, you know, has more experience and who is defensively a little bit more sound. And that's Cedric. So don't be surprised if Cedric is pulled out to the left side and then you have Tomiyasu playing on the right with um, Gabriel and, and uh, Gabriel, and I was going to say holding Gabriel and, and White in the center back positions. Also, Ramsdale's had a little bit of a tough run in the last four or five matches. Um, hopefully he can get it together. Um, the, the goal that he gave up against Chelsea was a kind of, I, I know it's off a of Jaka deflection, but it's a goal you can't give up. And I want to talk about, since Lacazette is, is leaving the club in the summer, um, who the next captain should be. I think it should be Martin Odegaard because he's already, he already has that honor with Norway. And, you know, if, if we were to give it to Tierney, I'd have no issues as well. I think just Tierney's injured a lot and thought that that should take away from him being captain. But, you know, then you, then your alternate captain always, you know, kind of comes into play. Um, but I think it should be Martin Odegaard. Like I said, for a young player to be captain of his national team and he just, he speaks like a leader. He really is a, is a leader on the pitch for, for, for an Arsenal, Arsenal team that's very young. And obviously he's young himself. And, and yeah, I just think once you have that credibility at the inter- international level, uh, I think it's very easy for you to get it at the club level as well. So I think it should be uh, Martin Odegaard. I have no issues with, with it being Tierney or even if you wanted to give it to Saka or someone like that, I have no issues. But if I had to pick one right now, uh, it would be Martin Odegaard. And like I said, Tierney's just kind of injured a lot. So that vice captain would come into play a lot anyways. So um, so yeah, I would I would give it to Martin Odegaard. And he's been really good for, for Arsenal this season. It's not just the, you know, kind of the goals and the assists. It's it's the calmness in his play. It's the ability to get by players. It's this it's the pass that leads to the pass that that's the assist. He does a lot of things really well. He doesn't mind doing the dirty work, getting back and defending and and yeah, he's been a he's been a really good uh signing for Arsenal um from Real Madrid. Uh, that's it for this episode, guys. Thank you for listening. Remember, you can hear this episode on Anchor, uh, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, uh, Spotify, and anywhere else that you listen to your podcast to. So thank you for listening, and I'll talk to you again down the road. Take care, guys.